0: It's Kate and Catherine, and we just want to take a minute at the top of the show to give you a quick download, because today's episode is a is super a- special live one. It's live! Well, Exclamation point. Okay, well, it's not live right now, but it was live. It was t- so live when it, was, it happened. It was super live when
1: we recorded it at Blue Bicycle Bookshop in downtown Charleston with... Jen brand new spanking author of the memoir on being human. And Jen, I know back from my Los Angeles days, she travels the world with her unique workshop. It's called On Being Human. And it's a hybrid of yoga-related movement, writing, sharing out loud, uh, as she likes to call it, letting the snot fly and the occasional dance party. Yeah, so we just want to take a moment to give you a heads up on Jen's bio
0: and her book on being human. You'll hear a lot about her story in the live
1: episode. It's not live anymore, but it was live when we taped it exactly so please enjoy this conversation with jen Pasteloff. and as always if you're enjoying the show please support us on our patreon page which is patreon uh, slash free cookies podcast patreon.com oh well i i kind of felt like that was implied and the people could infer it really i don't know i think they would have gone somewhere else you know what
0: we should maybe get to the show okay enjoy peace
1: I'm Catherine Budig. And I'm Kate Fagan. (laughs) And this is Free Cookies, and we are coming at you live from Charleston, South Carolina, at Blue Bicycle Books in the heart of Charleston. And we are joined by... Jennifer Pastela. Hello. We've
0: got Pastela! (laughs) 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 That's right.
1: (laughs) So, uh... Actually, before we even introduce you, uh, Jennifer has called herself a a, what you say you like to dork it out. Am I saying that right? In quotations, Jennifer loves to dork it out. And one of my favorite parts in the book, and I don't want to spoil anything for you, although I bet you some of you have already read it is this part where she breaks her foot. And it's, it's really It's epic. so funny. It's so funny when she breaks her foot. <laughs> it's
2: hilarious. Uh,
1: but the best part is, is that she is on this retreat and, and she's doing the, the yummy uh, pre-dinner yeah. song slash prayer. And I just, all I wanted in this podcast is to hear you perform the yeah. yummy prayer. Gosh, I just I really a- want to hear the yummy prayer. <laughs>
2: Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy, and I feel like loving you. Everyone now. Yummy, <laughs> yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy, and I feel like loving you. One more. Yum, yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy, and I feel like loving you.
0: Oh, okay. okay, good. No, okay, so before I follow up with that, because I actually have thoughts on quote-unquote dorking it out. Grace yeah. will never be the same. Yes. This was... The, uh, OK, before Sorry. we dive and way, into everyone,
2: it, I read lips. And so if you see me like this, that is why. OK,
0: <laughs> so before we dive into the idea of dorking it out, because I had thoughts and Catherine and I talked about them earlier. We need a bio just for the people on the Instagram live, sure. for our podcast listeners. And Sorry. I,
1: it's true. We don't have a printed out bio because I asked Jen if she wanted the official one or just to explain her. And I'll be interested because I feel like you and I are very similar because
2: I'm not a type. Yes, so I was like well, say whatever. I can
1: tell you don't like labels, but so you are a writer first and foremost. To of me, of on being human. Well, well, actually, I was going to say writer, comma, brand new spanking author. Okay,
2: Fair comma, enough.
1: inspirational speaker, and I don't know if that's going to be a trigger. To, uh, you know, I want to hear your response to that.
2: You could say that. I'm not going
1: to call myself that. Okay, as yeah. a speaker, then, and <laughs> right? and uh, a self-professed dork yes. and a yoga teacher.
2: Yes, and a and fierce and, listener.
1: Yes. Fierce listener. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we always like to ask our guests if they relate to the bio, because we don't love labels. But like, how do you feel where you are today in Charleston, South Carolina? Who are you?
2: Well, first of all, can you hear me? Yes. This yes, Mike. OK. Your bio is great, but that's not my official bio. Like The <laughs> one that's in the book is, you know, um, that one I really what did you call me? A professional dork, a self-professed dork. Um, I related great to that I you know I talk about this thing all the time called the just a box which is just a mom just a yoga teacher just a writer just a girl just a teen and I reject that box and so I love the idea that like we could be more than one thing so all the things um I relate to that and also mom no bullshit mom
1: oh Um, right oh
2: yeah Bios are tricky. Bios to me is like the hardest part of writing a book. Uh, You know? Turning
1: in your
0: bio at the end?
2: Yes. I just, I, it makes me wildly uncomfortable. So I just wanted you to say whatever was intuitive to you.
1: Do you get wildly uncomfortable when you meet someone new and they ask you, what do you do?
2: Yes. Less now. And this is a really actually cool thing. I realized less now because I'm like, oh, I have a book in the world. But the truth is, I was always a writer. So I hope anyone listening or watching knows that. Like, you're a real writer, or a real whatever, regardless if you have a book in the world, or whatever it may be. Um, but actually, it took me having the book before I realized that. Hmm. So I always, when people go, what do you do? I go, well, I mean, I do this like, thing, this just like re- re- retreat. It's not yoga, but not, and this vomit <laughs> of the mouth instead of just saying, I write, or yeah. I,
0: you know. What did you actually fill out when you had to, like, enter another country and they said occupation? I write writer. Okay. Because
1: otherwise you'll get busted and they'll kick you out of the country yeah. <laughs> for not filling out your tax forms.
0: Exactly. Okay. Interesting. If you're going there to work, we'll let that be. Okay. So back to the dorking out. Back to the dorking out. Because we were talking about this earlier. Is the idea of dorking out, I think some people maybe grew up in a certain way and not having walls up and dorking out in like, Dancing and being like performing and being weird is natural to them, or they're okay with it. And then there are other people, you, and then there are other people, and I am very much like this. And it's taken being with Catherine to kind of break some of those walls down. Where if someone asked me to like jump around and be crazy, or to like dork it out, or do something that seemed kind of silly, I would just be like, no and kind of reserved. And
1: Catherine, if you could tell the story of the event you did the other day. Oh, I thought you were going to have me explain what you're like on a trampoline. She's like the most rigid human alive on a trampoline. (laughs) It's amazing. I don't even want to get on them. No, I I was talking to Jen about this earlier today. I just led a a pre-5K yoga class. And no offense to any runners here or listening to us, but runners are a specific breed. (laughs) And they know what they want. Um, and I, I realized in that moment I could teach very specifically to what the runners wants, and that's going to be a no bullshit, just get me ready for my run kind of class. But that's not who I am. And I'm going to be me when I'm teaching a class. And, she wore that necklace. and yeah. And so I wore my body armor. I'm wearing about 20 necklaces right now. And I wanted them to meditate, but it turns out if you just tell someone to sit down, that's really hard to do. So you want to get people moving first. So I was like, all right, everybody stand up before we sit down, and let's just just bend your knees and, and bounce a little bit. Right? Nothing crazy. Like, just bend your knees and bounce. And most people started, like, you know, mildly jiggling. Runner bouncing. Jiggling. Yeah, yeah it, w- it was hard to see, but some of them were doing it. And two people in the audience flat out were just standing there, just <laughs> standing there and staring at me with so much disdain. And I regret doing this because I hate the teachers who call people up. And I was like, I see you two not bouncing. I see you. I'm like, come on, put a little bend in your knees. You got this. You got this. You got this. You got this. And it was just such a fascinating moment because in the seat of a teacher, it's very easy to look out at an audience and feel like, oh, my God, they hate me. And you fixate on that one person that has the resting bitchy face syndrome thing going on. Um, and Jen and I were talking about that because you had an event that was very similar to that but to to Kate's before question before we get to that oh, my
0: question when sorry. it comes to the dorking out and the kind of pent up nature uh-huh. perhaps you don't attract those type of people to the retreat oh, okay mm-hmm. so what do you i guess how do you process that how do you get through when there's just some sort of wall up there
2: well first of all just so you guys know there's like these little sticky notes up here one of them just says i am so pretty with a stick figure so i'm just fixating yeah. on that right now um One of the things I always say is I'm terrible at most things in life, and that's true. And that's not being self-deprecating, it's just true. But I'm really good at a couple things. And what I'm really good at, I'm really good at. And for whatever God-given, non-secular God, whatever you believe in, reason, I'm able to get people to feel safe and open up. And I don't know if that's because I'm so dorky or so open. Is that always the case? No, there's sometimes that one person but what I really talk about though is why, and it, it's usually because what will they think? It's usually—I mean, nine times out of ten, I can't think of another reason. Oh, last night I asked, "What holds you back?" Because I had everyone stand up and sing "Don't Stop Believing," which I thought to do tonight, but yeah. we've already yeah. done our
0: singing for the night. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and
0: um, sad face. Usually, it is like
2: it's like what you're talking about. I grew up in a certain way. I could never do that. I could. I oh, God forbid. But then you know, I. I created this thing called karaoke yoga, which is as ridiculous as it sounds. And after, like, you know, a minute, no one cares anymore what the other person sounds like. Once everyone's in it and just being free. I think the key, we were talking about this earlier, is not, and it's hard, is not focusing on the one, the one and the 100, right? If there's a room of 100 people and everyone loves you, but there's one who doesn't, who do you focus on? The one. So really, like, Working on not focusing on the one, whether it's your own, what I call the inner asshole, or the one out there who's just looking at you with crossed arms, like they'd rather fall on a knife than, uh,
0: yeah, than dork it out, yeah, yeah dork bounce it out.
2: or bend their knees or dance or sing. So
0: yeah, do you think you would be that person, Kate, in class? Well, that's the thing is that before I met you, I would have been that person, and I—I've worn her down. <laughs> yeah. <I> w- <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for that. I don't know if that was for me or for her, though. Yeah, both. Uh, and and I, I as I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, well, maybe there's nothing wrong with that, like being really reserved. But I will say that I feel better now that I'm not doing that. I do feel like it has allowed me to see things differently, see things from other perspectives, rather than if I was if I was at your um, your yoga. Class the other day and you were doing that, I would have a lot of judgment for you for doing that. Yeah, like we ought judge each other. No, no, so old much, me. Right? Old me would have been like, I'm not bouncing, that's stupid. I'm here to run a 5K, I'm here to just do the yoga that you're supposed to teach. I'm and not that, here for you to make me feel
2: uncomfortable. That's fair. And yeah. I mean to to um to speak to what you said about maybe there's nothing wrong with that. There absolutely isn't. But just to ask ourselves, but why am I not willing to be free or dorky or silly or whatever word you want to use? And if it is because of what will they think, to me, that's something to look at. But like if it's a personality thing, like my mother-in-law and my husband, my husband's not dorky like I am. Great, I am. But it's just to check in, is like, is it because of what will they think? And I think that's what holds so many of us back. Yeah.
0: And I, okay, so I don't think. I maybe it was what was holding me back, but sometimes I think, "Wow, it's like a therapy session for me. <laughs> I love it. It turned into that. What I think you was happening me after yes, what was <laughs> happening for me and still happens is that I have a very tough time when things aren't going as I expect them to go. And so if I show up somewhere, like, a yoga class. I'm like, oh, I want to do this part of yoga that I know. If you make me then pretend like I'm at a dance class, I'll be like, this is. I'm not bending to these new expectations. Yeah. And I like, I'm like that. And Catherine knows I'm like this. If we go over to her parents' house and I'm, I'm <laughs> like, so we're gonna be here like an hour, right? And then after an hour. I'm and like, if, even if we're all having fun and everybody's gotten laughing, gotten into
1: massive fights over this. <laughs> I'm like, well, we're gonna, we're we're leaving now. Like, I'm not I'm not able. We're like in the middle of bingo. We've got a <laughs> bottle of wine going. I'm yeah, like, it's been
0: an though. hour. Those are my expectations, and we're gonna have to. So
1: so I think some of it was that not just
0: so sometimes Jen, it's an expectation. I know you thought we anyway, were going anyway, about, about your book,
1: but we're really hoping you can solve all of our <laughs> marital issues. Um, <laughs> back to the book, <laughs> but actually, I mean. Do you think when you're trying to help someone, is the key continuing to being yourself and be persistent and being yourself? Is that how you For me, access someone?
2: And also, so when I first started doing these workshops and retreats that I do, I, you know, it was a yoga retreat. And, but now you'll never hear me say that. You just I never I mean, you might call it that you might say I'm going on a yoga retreat with Jen Pasoloff, but I never say that. And so and when I do teach straight yoga, it is straight yoga. But like my weird hybrid workshop, I don't call it anything. And that is the key. So and I and I Mm. flat out say in the beginning, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen in here. But I do think it's. No matter no matter where I am, and I and I've like been interviewed lately places, and I just I'm gonna stay exactly who I am. I'm although the other day I did a TV interview and they came out beforehand, they said, Love your book, can't curse on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I'm gonna stay exactly who I am. And the and is not everyone's gonna like me. Absolutely. And that's the hard part to the hard pill to swallow, but it's just the way it is.
0: Okay, so actually the host in me now like as my former life as a host can you walk people through on being human I know we gave some of your bio and I know there's a lot of people here that already know a lot of your story but can you give us the cliff notes about what this book the motivating factor was and what you talk about in the book and just Mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. capsule of a little bit of your life story
2: yeah so the other night in Brooklyn somebody asked me what my my interviewer said what did you want people to feel after they read the book and I said I wanted them to feel like they're with a friend and my favorite words are it's gonna be okay so I wanted I wanted you to feel that um when I, I had suffered depression my whole life even as like a kindergartner I can remember and then my father and I were insanely close and wait
0: I'm sorry I know when you said as a kindergartner yeah, like, like what did that so feel like as I'll a kindergartner what it
2: looks like is I would Begged to not go to school. I was okay. always sad. But I didn't know what that was. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, now looking back, it's like, holy cow, I was always. You can you curse know, here, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Yes. Holy not cow. TV. I was like born sad, you know. <laughs> um, so then my father, um, we had a fight. And I said, I hate you. And that was the last thing I ever said to him. And he died. And I was eight. So naturally, I thought it was my fault. And I killed him, and uh, you know, and I uh, developed this, adopted this mantra just all the time. I'm a bad person. Like that was my core belief. So um, I had that going on, and then um, you'll read the rest of the book. But then when I and I always had tinnitus, which I have now. and the hearing loss has gotten progressively worse and worse and worse. But then when I was in high school, I, got, um, I developed anorexia. And I almost died. I was just a mess. And it was a way to control you know, the grief that I'd never dealt with. Because when my father died, I simply locked it in my body. I just said, I don't care. Which was like the only way I felt like I could you know, keep going. So, um, And then I went to NYU. And I was a scholar. And I took a semester off forever. So, <laughs> I'm a calastrop. Still on
0: that semester. <laughs> Still <laughs> taking that semester off yes, currently. Yes. yes.
2: <laughs> so, I went to my mom had moved back to California. We were in New Jersey and I went to take um, to be with her for a semester. I went I had a what felt like a nervous breakdown as my boyfriend had broken up with me and um, triggered a lot of stuff like my dad dying. So, I go to get a uh, summer job at this very trendy popular Hollywood restaurant. And that summer job lasted almost 14 years, <laughs> so, um, and that's it's. But it's cool because if you look at my book, like Patton Oswalt blurb it. He was my regular. Many people were like my regulars. Yeah, and then I was still severely depressed and self medicating and not dealing with it. And I finally went to a therapist and I got on antidepressants, and my life completely changed. And I was doing a lot of yoga. And my friends said, you should be a yoga teacher, which sounded awful to me. No offense. (laughs) None taken. (laughs) Just didn't want to do it. But I went on the meds. And all of a sudden, I was like, maybe I will. Only because, not because I wanted to be a yoga teacher, but I saw it as a way out of the restaurant.
0: Mm.
2: And it was. So for me, yoga was a way in. So I started teaching yoga, and I got successful. Um, Not because I'm like a great yogi. I can't do a handstand or any of that. But I'm a good teacher. And I'm good with people. It's one of those things I'm good at. (laughs) So I started teaching yoga. And then I started writing again, which is what I was doing at NYU, poetry. And I started writing blogs and essays. And I just started really telling the truth about hearing loss, about grief, about anorexia, about the fact that I drink and curse. And I'm a yoga person. and, And then I started getting more creative with my workshops and letting the yoga part fall away, which is what I always wanted to do. And it morphed into what it is now, which is this weird hybrid of magic and connection and you know you can't put it in a box. Um, and I didn't think I was gonna have any children. I didn't want them, but I have a three year old <laughs> who I Yay! love and want very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to spoil the whole book because I'd like you to buy it. So <laughs> Can I have the book? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I thought I took one of my hearing aids out because it was giving so much so much feedback. So I you thought Catherine wanted that. What did you say? <laughs> no, it's all good. Do you want it?
0: No. <laughs>
2: <Good>. <laughs> These babies are so expensive. Do you know how much hearing aids cost?
0: And Three thousand dollars.
2: Are you kidding? Ten thousand dollars. Five thousand pounds. Do one once. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one. What would you like? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to make a profit on this, so I want to <laughs> sell it for more Just than I got one. It for.
1: <laughs> So I, I have this one quote uh, on page 157, if anyone would like to open their On Being Human books oh together. It's Bible study. Um, <laughs> Bible study. <laughs> top of the page, second paragraph, first sentence. I, I actually I feel like this summarizes... book to me and it's also one of my new favorite quotes and you say what I would not realize until my 40s was that the moon is never missing any of itself we just can't see it people are like that too isn't that so beautiful I do hear
2: it nope so um
1: and I want to know what that means to you because to me that is your book yeah it makes me want
2: to cry actually which is weird because I'm you know, Prozac. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, lately I've been, like, really emotional. So I'm like, oh, my God, maybe my meds aren't working. Um, (laughs) It's good. It's actually good. I'm feeling things. Um, That actually, you know, so when I was at NYU, I was a poet. And that was my dream. So so Monday night in Brooklyn, being on stage at the Center for Fiction with all these, like, writers, it was like, if my 19-year-old self could see me now. But that was from a poem I wrote. Um... A lot of it is because I was so depressed my whole life, and I felt, always felt like there was two of me. I still do a lot of times, especially when you have a public persona. And I would feel really bad about myself when I wasn't on, or, or feeling good, or whatever it is. And then I realized like it's all part of me. And a big part of my book is, everything in my book really, is this capacity to hold more than one thing as a human being, which is really important to remember for me. Um, yeah, so even when we are going through pain or whatever it may be is we're still whole. And it's it's sometimes it's hard to remember, you know, especially if you struggle with depression or anxiety. So
1: So, yeah. You, are you going, Catherine? Do you want to? Well, I just thought maybe we could all go get some moon tattoos next. Uh, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to oh, get a tattoo. You already got yours. Yeah. I already Last have night mine. My
2: friend tried to get me to get a tattoo, and I was like, you know what? I need a couple whiskeys for that. I don't have any yet, and I was nervous, so I didn't oh, do it. Okay.
0: So you also have, have this part in your book where you're... <laughs> I, oh, I can, I can quote it verbatim. Can. Because I have the book. Um, but you, you say that you like, you want to like stare directly at things. Like you said, I quote, I see you. I would like to, I, I would say to my sadness. So when you clear, I mean, you're you, so you know this answer, but like when you are sad, do you, how, what do you mean by that? When do uh-huh. you actually like sit with it and say like, what does this feel like? Do you actually talk to it? Cause yeah. often when I wake up melancholy, I'll be like, It'll burn off. It'll burn off. And I try to kind of ignore it, you know. But so what does it mean when you actually look at it directly? Yeah.
2: Well, because I spent my whole life not allowing myself to feel things and shoving everything back in my body and denying. I mean, I did it with everything. I ignored my hearing loss. I ignored the grief. Um, what that means is uh, instead of pretending that it wasn't there to at least acknowledge it. And some days it's really hard you know, um, to stay in my body. Because a, a tendency I have is to disassociate or float away. I know I'm not the only one who has done that. And so it just means not floating away for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily, yeah, no, I don't talk to it. I do, I do try to change my mantra, my mind tattoo. My um, Last week in France, I slipped when I was talking. Instead of mantra, I said monstra. <laughs> and I loved it. I'm like so excited by my new <laughs> <Hashtag>
0: #monstra. So,
2: <laughs> so your monstra is the one your inner asshole brings you. We all have an inner asshole, and the monstra I always have is I'm a bad person or I can't feel things. Or so I when I wake up in the morning, I do try to check in and go okay. Uh, and so my I go I'm safe. Or I'm here. I'm in my body. It's going to be okay. Whatever it is, um, and it's still you know a lifelong process because. Uh, my whole life I've physiologically had this response of when I feel things to ignore it. So for me, it's really just, it's about telling the truth. Yeah.
0: When, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, when okay. you mentioned earlier, like when your dad died, you didn't deal with it. And I think you said in the book that you didn't deal with the grief. No. Until you were, I think you said 35. Yes. What, what happened and what did that feel like?
2: Because I, I, st- <clears throat> You know, I started writing about it when I was writing poems when I was about eighteen. But I think it was when I went on antidepressants and when I started doing this kind of work in my workshops where people started sharing and I started to really look at like not wanting to have kids um it's i I still don't know if I've ever fully metabolized the grief um, which is one of the reasons why I'm such a advocate for people feeling it, you know I mean, like it it was like the wound of my life, not. Um, but I started to, coming back to that being honest, about, wow, I never dealt with that. Because I used to like, you know, oh, it doesn't, it's fine. It was so long ago. It doesn't matter. Such a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, if you look at anything I've written from my home, everything's about my father. So of course, it, I mean, it's like, um, also getting married. For me having allowing myself to be intimate which was always really hard for me so I started to really uh look inward and really write about it essays and I it's for the rest of my life I think I'll be you know dealing with it whatever that means processing it you know having the effects of it that's what we you know we don't ever I don't believe we ever get over anything we just learn how to keep
1: going you mentioned in the book this concept of it's all on the timing yeah and I think you were specifically referring to the relationship with your husband because and also everything and everything (laughs) and so Kate and I started chewing on that idea of all in the timing and well yeah so I mean it's like
0: thinking out loud here, but when we were talking about it, we were saying like sometimes when people say like it's it's all about timing, I infer anyway that they're saying that there are external obstacles that are keeping them from something and that that's bad timing. Mm. And I actually I don't know fully right I'm thinking out loud. I don't know that I agree with that. Well, that's that. not what
2: I meant. Just so you know. Right. I yeah.
0: to me timing is all internal. Yeah,
2: that's what I Like if
0: I want something and I know I want it, like, I will move any obstacle. Right. So when someone was like, I didn't meet the person at the right time. Like, Catherine and I. Like, if we met when we were 22, we're it about would have been wrong timing. Yeah. But not because she was in Virginia and I was in Colorado, but because I don't think I would have been the person that, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. But, like, when we did meet, like there was a lot of obstacles in the way and we didn't care. So I guess I, I think when people say the timing wasn't right, I think sometimes we think they mean external timing when really I think timing is internal, if I'm articulating that properly.
2: You are. So I met, I met my husband when I was 21. I, it was when I took that semester off of school. Mm-hmm. My mom tried to set us up and we went on this like weird Triple date and
0: wait 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 well, my with mom your mom. Was like,
2: my mom, I know it wasn't really a triple date. I'm just Kinky. you know being a wise <laughs> ass. But my mom is like, I met this guy. He's really great, and I I think you should you'd like him. And we all went out to lunch, and I was just not interested. The three of us. And But he had an accent, right? He didn't have an accent. No, he's British and. He's what? half British, half Persian, and I, my mom kept he saying he's British. So there was no accent. Oh, that's
0: disappointing. I was like,
2: what's the point of being yeah, British? Yeah, Why like, wow, they, 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 they cut do that, that line out of my book, which I was kind of bummed because I really was like,
1: I was envisioning. You should have fought for that line.
2: I know I should have. But what oh, is the wow. point? Timing. Well, so <laughs> I was not interested. He was very nice and kind, and I was not. I was also severely anorexic and not in my body. And I mean, no way I was not ready also for, I thought I was a garbage pail. I thought I was a bad person. I was not ready for someone who um, actually wanted to be with me or wanted to wake up in the morning and go, do you want to go to breakfast? I was just not ready for that. So I ran into him 10 years later. At the same restaurant where we had gone on that, you know, lunch, I was working there still <laughs> because uh, the day we went out to lunch on the way out, I asked if they needed any help. <laughs> so 10 years later, he comes in <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I know you. And he, um, mind you, he had sent me roses at the restaurant after I started working there. And I said, you know, I just want to be friends. And he said, oh, hey, I, kn- I can't remember your name. And I thought he's lying because, like, why do people do that? You know, but now after being married to him ten years, he wasn't lying. He's just like, <laughs> I'm surprised he knows our son's name. He's just, you know. But you're absolutely right. I wasn't ready for it. I, in no way, my self worth was so low, my self esteem, and I, I, I mean, it sounds so cliche. I like bad boy. I like someone who treated me not so great, because then it just validated like I'm not so great. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> How is your self worth now, today?
2: Not so great. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> totally
0: kidding around. That's
2: so funny. I'm totally That's kidding. So funny. It's, you know what? It's a day to day thing. I mean, it, Catherine knows I got to her house, and, your house, and I went right to bed. And I was so tired. So when I'm like that tired or run down, I start to feel like crap. Um, also, the book came out last week. It's been this major high. I came right from France and London. So I started to crash. So the inner asshole gets louder. But then I'm like, with the love from the room and you, and now I'm like, I feel really good right now. So it's a, it's, it's um for me at least, it's a day by day thing, you know, and it's about changing my mantra. It's about who I'm spending my time with, um, if I'm creating or making art or doing some something creative. But in this very moment, sitting up here on free cookies, it's really good.
0: Thanks for knowing the name of the
1: podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it I gives just, me self worth. No before. Yes. What's what the name?
1: That's happened before. Yes. We had a guest sit down no, right no. before we started recording, being like, "What's the name of your podcast?" No way. <laughs> uh,
0: so. And we're sorry, we don't have free cookies. We do often try to have free cookies. I do, But but I made a lot of oat milk lattes
1: today. She did. I did. You guys don't know we this, just, but I, I was so um, cookie. I was yes. really we impressed. digress. Okay, so so speaking of self worth. I was listening to you were just on Rachel Braithen's podcast and I was listening to that and you said something that I just really resonated with me was this concept of, is there enough to go around for everybody? And, and I don't, I'm sure a lot of people relate to this where of course it's easy in many ways to feel good for other people's successes, but it's not unusual to see someone's successes, especially if they're in your genre and be like, mother effer, they got to it first. Yeah. You know, it's that it's like the big magic idea, right? If you mm-hmm. don't go forward with that idea, it is going to manifest through someone else. And you said that even as you release this book, and you're so joyful about it, and it's exciting, and you got highs and lows, but still, there will be someone who looks at your book and goes, damn it, why did she, she took, that was going to be me.
2: Oh, yeah, I had someone actually come up to me, lovely human being, um, maybe six months ago, and there was just a lot of parallels. She's like you wrote my book <laughs> and she and but she was really honest and i love that and she said she was having those feelings like what's the point Jen past love got there first and that's just bullshit um it, it's really a myth that i think it's important and i think people like you both are breaking and and us like coming together it's that there there is enough and that it's not that life isn't this like just because you are doing well means I can't be, or there's, there's more than enough for everyone. That doesn't mean that there aren't people that are struggling with, with like not enough to eat or anything like that. But um, it's, it's really a mentality, this lack mentality. And I lived there for a long, long time. And one of the biggest things that shifted it for me was Wayne Dyer. May he rest in peace and in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> How may I serve? And so I do my best to ask that every single day. And I find that when I ask that, that's when like, the enoughness shows up, and up, and more, and more, and more. And like coming from a pure place of how may I serve, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Small point, just because it, it, having worked in sports and often women's sports, there would be a similar mentality where it was as if they were trying to fight over one piece of the pie. Yeah. Because they were told to believe that that was the only piece of pie instead of looking around and saying, well, how can we make the pie bigger for, for everybody? And so Ooh. that was what you would always kind of try and reinforce in women's sports instead of fighting, uh, to say, let's just make the pie bigger. Are you looking Speaking at me? Speaking of pie, oh wow. can we Look talk at about you. the
1: chicken pot pie part of the yes. book? Give me the book. Give oh, it to me. Give it to me. Give it The it to chicken
2: me. pot pie collective me, consciousness.
1: Give me, give me, give me. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so good. I, it just is such an analogy for life and where we are right now. Am I going to say the thing? You know, the thing about the pot pie? Should I say that? Wait, what know what you guys call <laughs> Oh, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. say it. I
2: know there's children in the audience, wanna sh- but- Do you want to
1: share that part? Earmuffs! Ear- okay, earmuffs. Anyone <laughs> under the age of inappropriate language. Yeah.
2: Um, <clears throat> which I've already used, so...
1: Back at the restaurant days, she tells this amazing little story about the chicken pot pie and how no one wanted anyone to order it because it was, quotes... <laughs> dry as grandma's snatch and um but, but the funniest part
2: of this is like my editor added this line in it that said something like what a sexist statement but it was a restaurant after it's a restaurant all. yeah it's, but it's like my beloved lesbian friend was the one that said it so i always laugh i'm like right. i let them keep that in but it was like not a dude at all she's totally said allowed that. to say that
1: <laughs> but it, so aside from that part uh, this is the line where I was like, oh, my God, you just have so many one-liners. Where I'm like, yes, you said. So the, the whole concept was that it was, I think, Sundays. Inevitably, someone would come, and they would order the pot pie. And then someone sees a pot pie going by. And generally speaking, pot pie is awesome, right? So you see a pot pie, and then another table orders the pot pie. And then next thing you know, everybody's eating the freaking pot pie. And who knows if they think it's butts. Dry. As things. Um, <laughs> But your response to it is, I think of those poor chicken pot pies and how no one wanted any, and then everyone did, and how life is like that. Mm. Right? You didn't see that coming, did you? (laughs) Yeah. I just think that is the most beautiful... Beautiful is not the right word. It is a really good analogy for how people are. Yeah, beautiful. Well, it's just hard to (laughs) snatch pot pie. Beautiful. Uh, (laughs) But so
0: Kate and I were talking about that, and... Well, before I jump into, like, what it brought up for me... Like, how did we get there? What does it mean for you on, like... a? And then we'll give our interpretation? Yeah. Okay. What does that line mean to you? Hmm. Well,
2: a long time ago, I wrote this poem about... I was in love with someone, and I wrote this poem about... Because he he left and was in love with someone else, and about Jade and how once... Thousands of years ago, jade was the most valuable thing in the world. And the, now it's not at all. And I was just thinking about how things, you know, quote, unquote, lose their value. And as a child, I had this idea, especially because my father died at 38, that I would be dead by then. And, like, youth is everything. And um, this idea of, like, losing your value. <clears throat> and how, again, back to that's a myth. Um, but so what was fascinating to me with that is, is people would order it, but then like the rest of the day and the rest of the week, and it's not like they left and call. It's like, how does this happen? It's like a collective consciousness. And sometimes it happens in the, I, I don't teach much anymore. The couple yoga classes, I'll oh. come in, everyone's in this great mood in the yeah. morning. And then sometimes everyone is the biggest a-hole and it's the weirdest thing. It's so like they true. all talked beforehand and decided. And so I just, and I think it's an interesting commentary on where we are right now in our political life and in our world, this like collective consciousness, which is exciting also because it means like we're contagious. That means that we, if we st- have that belief that there's enough, we can spread that, and we could spread our joy or whatever it may be um, without even having to do much, just by simply
0: being. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I actually love that you're a, a poet because in poetry so much it's like it, there's just so many interpretations of what... Yeah. Someone could mean, and that makes perfect sense. Because what came up for me when we were talking about the, the pot pie and how. You My know, mouth is watering now. Yeah. Pot pie. Mm, pie, really moist. Oh, pot pie. Grandma's okay, moist. Stop. I know. <laughs> I know. But I mean, we said Grandma's Snatch. So I mean. Snatch is way better Quinn than that. Quinn Sullivan,
2: if you're listening. <laughs> okay.
0: So what came up for me was how. Okay, so hopefully this won't take too long to explain, but if anyone out here has ever played Blackjack, Thanks, guys. It's like, a, it's like It's like a bl- call, and call and response. <laughs> anyway, there's this thing in blackjack where, like, if you get a hand, 16, you should always make the same move. You either hit or you don't hit. And you have to be steady with that because you can't just chase luck around. You can't be like, sometimes I'm like, maybe I'll hit, maybe I won't, like, think you'll just end up the same place. It's like, you just have to be steady and know who you are, and you're either a person who hits or a person who doesn't hit. And to me, that was, like, if you're someone who's like, well, what's the next hot thing? Maybe I'll talk about vulnerability. Maybe I'll talk about, you know, sports. Chasing Maybe trends. Yeah. You're like, to what's, what be are people going to want next? That you're you're going to miss those the moments. You're always going to be like a little bit behind or a Baby little go. bit ahead. Yeah. But if you're like, no, I'm someone who hits. or I'm someone who doesn't hit. Eventually, the circle will come around to you, and it will be your the luck, and it will be your moment. Like you that's what came a sports up to person. me. Person, everything's like a sports analogy. Oh, yes. Always. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Yes. Does that make s- I mean... No, it does. I remember when I first started blogging. I was getting back into writing, but I was blogging in this way. I had just started teaching and I was getting successful. So I started blogging these kind of like corny, you know... It's fine, but like lists, like 10, whatever, 10 ways to be happy. And, and it was, yeah. I mean,
1: no, I've been I there know, too. Don't Google me. I it. And yeah. so
2: it was a way for me, and at the bottom, I'd promote my yoga class. It was a way to me to like get popular, promote, or pay my rent. And then one day I woke <laughs> up, and I was like, what if I just wrote how I wanted to write? And that was this huge shift. So it's like what you're saying is like chasing the next thing oh, that's hard or whatever. I let go of that. I was like, I I'm just gonna stay me. I don't care. And everything cracked open, actually. Um, but also the idea of like hitting or not hitting. I um. I've I've discovered, you know, in my forties that it's just like you just don't know. And when we when I make when and I often make up stories, bullshit stories, like. Well, I haven't hit yet, so that's it. Or you know these like. I'm someone who hits and I'm someone who doesn't, that it just, it keeps me stuck. Yeah.
0: What, what is, sorry, what is one that you're living in now? Is there one, a story?
2: Yeah, well, so one of my biggest ones was I'm not a real writer. Hello, hold up my book, please. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I'm not a good mom sometimes, you know, especially because I'm here my son's home. And, um... Bullshit stories are tricky because they live inside of us and, um, but they can be eradicated and changed, but that doesn't mean you don't wake up the next day and it's in bed with you again. Um, I think the, I don't know. Wow. It's a tough question. It's also, it's also really vulnerable and like, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't hit the New York Times bestseller list this week. And so I am like, OK, back to that. I'm not a real writer. Biggest bullshit story there is, really. And I know that. But it's like a. Uh,
0: what did it feel like when you found out that you didn't?
2: Oh, I went in the back and was like shaking. And you know, because it was a dream. And then and then I, um, I went into, oh, I know. I, I know I have an answer for you. Circling back to my dad dying and me thinking it was my fault, everything's my fault. So immediately I was like, I didn't do enough, I didn't do enough. It's my fault. I did. I should have. I should have written more essays. And I just, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't. You know. And immediately it became, it's this is my fault. And I went in the back, and I was able. I texted someone. I have these like people that I refer to as like. I don't suck right. So call. I don't suck right. Right back. No, you don't suck. So I checked in with my my people, Lydia, with the forward of my book, and I was with you both. So in this room, which you know, my the quote that I live by by Freud is how bold one gets when one is sure of being loved. And so right now, it's like I feel great looking out here, Mm -hmm. but I felt like poop (laughs) (laughs) 10 minutes ago. you know, it's just that uh, feeling of disappointment. And it, it's hard sometimes when you something triggers that old BS story mm-hmm. and just opens it up again. Charlie's watching, and he said, Charlie said, I love you, mommy. Oh, Aww. he's watching. He's watching? How is he? He's
1: watching. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry the about other the day- grandma part.
2: The other day, my son, I was in Hollywood driving. Don't ever do that. It's the worst. And I was getting lost, and I was getting frustrated because I was driving around and around. And he, he was not even three yet. He turned three May 19th. And I read lips, so he was talking to me. I had to tilt the the mirror. mirror. And he goes, Mommy, remember, you can do this. <laughs> and on, I go, who even are you? <laughs> and I, honestly, I had to polo- pull I was what so i looked at him i go can you say that to me every day it has been a month now and so i go remember and he goes you can do this i know
1: i also think one of the just to follow up on what you were saying i I think one of the biggest myths out there that needs to be busted is that success means good
2: success means what
1: that success means good i think that's a myth
2: Oh, because I, I, someone
1: is successful at something certainly does not mean they are good at it. I just don't think that's correlated. And oh, I, know I see that what you're saying. Sleep, no, you know, I just if you create the best thing, that does not mean the best thing will become successful. They're just they're certainly not linked.
2: Absolutely, and and also myths about success for me, how I define it, and I and like again with the with the disappointment I had earlier, I had to check in. I'm not rich. I live in this one bedroom. It's not like, but I consider myself very successful. Right, so sit with that. I really do. Um, It doesn't always mean financially, right? It's like uh, you're looking in my eyes, or eyes are welling up. I'm like, yeah, I'm that's doing love. I'm successful. I'm touching someone. So how how I define success is, I told the truth today, or I did love today. So when I veer away from that with the like disappointment of, you know, whatever it may be, I have to check in and go, what is success? Does that mean I don't want another bedroom? No, I do.
0: Like but a I, two bedroom would you say you <laughs> want a two bedroom I want
2: I, I am I want my son to have a room, but I also think the word success is really tricky and the idea of it you know what does success mean to you? but yeah, you're right like success being and being on the New York Times bestseller list look some some celebrities they've got millions and millions of fans so immediately like it, it you can't
1: and they have ghostwriters they did not even write a book oh would you say not, I'm just well, I'm not that's not a slam. I'm just saying that a lot of people who have New York Times bestselling books, that illustrious the title. Book. Oh, you want the book? Yeah. They don't even write them themselves. They I know. They're ghostwriters. So okay. And meanwhile, every word in that book, every poetic, every beautiful little this is what I'm going to keep, I mean, I have so many things underlined in that book yes. by the author and writer. And thank you for sharing Jennifer that. Jennifer Pasteloff.
2: Sharing Did that the work? just
1: happened. I know. For I, d- that. I wasn't
2: going to, so I'm a little like I can't believe I said that. I'm
1: glad you said it. But
2: I'm committed <laughs> to telling the truth, and so why not? Well, I mean, everyone knew it was my dream. I wasn't shy about that. So, didn't happen this week. And um, I right before I came on, and I was I felt like I was gonna cry, and I just I took a moment, and you know, the the crux of everything I do is keep going or shut down. And I think they're nuanced. But I was OK, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to get my ass up there in the chair. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be OK. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. <laughs> but and also, just just like I promised myself, if it didn't happen, I wrote a book. I did the thing. You know, sometimes I would say, remember, if you build it, they will come. But or they won't. But either way, movie. you built it. Yeah. I built a thing, so I give myself a medal for that.
0: (laughs) And I think everyone in the room should buy the thing.
2: Well, thank you. (laughs)
0: Multiple (laughs) copies, technically. Did you say what? Thank you. Very good transition. We have one question before we open it up. If anyone has any questions from the audience. We can
1: wrap up the actual podcast and open up Yes, that's what I mean.
0: We have one question left. What is your favorite cookie? Oh...
1: And Kate will snap if you say the incorrect cookies. And so Catherine will totally depends on
2: the wisely. mood. But hold on, hold on. I love ginger cookies.
1: Whoa, ginger
0: cookies! <laughs> Whoa, no one's ever said that no. before. That's that fantastic. The dark horse, really it's coming in from the back. Ginger cookies. I love ginger cookies. Yeah, I, I do. I just like when they're soft and like. Yes. oh, I just love it.
1: Oh, so not ginger snaps. I really no, don't no, like oatmeal ginger raisin cookies.
0: At all. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, good. that's a great selection. Not uh, as good as oatmeal raisin, but no, good. No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't
2: like oatmeal raisin, but I also yeah. like anything sweet with salt. So if it's like a chocolate chip
0: with salt on it. Okay. There you Ooh. go. That's my girl. Good. That's yeah. my girl.
2: I keep thinking someone's going to like walk in with a basket of cookies. Like it's like some <laughs> kind of game show. That's
1: right. <laughs> like, Damn you guessed right. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Savulko, you were in the audience. Where are the cookies? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Jennifer Pasoloff. We are going to wrap off. Wrap wrap off. off. Well, we're not going to. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to wrap up the podcast portion of this. And open up to audience. And yeah, y'all can have FOMO. But it's okay. Go read her book. On being human. Read it. Do it. Cry. Mark it up. Hit her up. Boom. Thank You you. you.